Hello, welcome to 2020. Welcome to Locked In. Welcome back into the dining room studio with Dave. Hope you've had a great holiday season. If you celebrated Christmas, if you celebrated Hanukkah or any of the other celebrations, hope you enjoyed it. Hope you had a good New Year's and avoided the fires. It is so hazy and smoky down here in, I'm in Edithvale, the south of, of Melbourne. If you're anywhere near the fires, if you're one of the 20-odd people that uh, listen to this podcast and you happen to be on the East Coast in Queensland, New South Wales or Victoria, hope you're safe, look after yourself. Uh, that's about all I can say. It's it's a horrible time. And if this isn't a stark and grim reminder of what's to come in the next sort of decade, yeah, I don't know what else would be. So anyway, we'll kick it off. We'll get into Supercoach. The picker is open. I've been playing around with this since just before Christmas. It's exciting. I mean, it's great to be back. It's great to be talking about football again and strategy and players' prices and what your setup is going to look like. I'm not going to go and talk about some of these players in too much depth. Certainly aren't going to be talking about any of the rookies. I think the draft, you know, there's enough recaps out there looking at that. There's just a couple of players I want to touch on and maybe fiddle around with your starting sort of premium slash returning from injury defenders because there are quite a few. Let's jump straight into it. There are two guys that I've got straight off the bat, Jake Lloyd and Zach Williams. I really like them both. I think Zach Williams, you could probably make a case for Shannon Hearn, Basha Hawley, Caleb Daniel, Tom Stewart, any of those other guys, uh, throw a blanket over them. I mean, right now, it's there's no point. You're going to have somebody in that price point, I think. The non-negotiable for me is probably Jake Lloyd. I don't think you can really start without him. He His 591 really isn't representative of the back half of his year. Uh, sorry, the front half of his year. The back half, he sort of died off a little bit. So I'm more than comfortable in spending almost 600k on him up front. Absolutely love him, what he does as a super coach player. So I don't think there'll be too many teams that start without him. And I, he's kind of that clear selection. He will get you that 110 average. And as a defender, that's just its insane. I'm happy to pay for it up front and just leave it at that. The rest is where it gets pretty interesting. So that second spot, I said, is going to be that Zach Williams, Hawley, Hearn, Daniel Stewart. I've seen a couple of teams that have gone super skinny in their defense, and that's always a risk. It's such a risk. So I think there are some other ways around it. There's a couple of guys we'll talk about quickly there's a whole chunk that are returning from injury and probably the most prominent is Sam Doherty. Now, I've seen him in just about every team and rightly so. You know, he's an elite scorer, but he's had two years out of the game. No doubt in the way he approaches his recovery and how he goes about his football, he's a leader at Carlton. What I am concerned about is the report sort of just pre-Christmas was he wasn't in match him yet and he wouldn't be ready until sort of well after and into January. So if that's the case, I mean, he's running, but he's not getting any contact work. If he's getting the Ks into his legs, which is one of the greatest cliches, along with burning up the track and all of these other things we hear, he's getting midfield time, blah, 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 these early season cliches. But he, I'd be really worried about him and I'd I'm already thinking what a backup plan will be for him at that price point. So if you've got him in D3 or D4, some I even saw somebody have him in D2. If you've got him around there, I'd be seriously ready to to have somebody else in there 
notwithstanding, you know, he's obviously two ACLs, he's still got to deal with Nick Newman, who had a great year last year, and a couple of other halfbacks. I mean, Kate Simpson's still there. There's some guys pushing through, and I just worried that he can he get back to that, you know, sort of 105, 110 average. It's a big mountain to climb. So be really wary of him and have a backup plan ready. The other guy that I wanted to talk about was Connor Blakely. So out of Frio, he was on a lot of lists uh, probably this time last year when he was sort of coming back and quite priced quite cheaply from memory or sort of that 300k mark, I think, from memory. He is 411k. He played 14 games last year, average 75. Obviously not his best. Fremantle going to be a very intriguing team to watch how they go about it this year with some new players, some young players, a couple of recruits. Blakely, they really like. So I'm just kind of keep an eye on him through the Marsh Family Community JLT Series Cup and go from there. Now, I've got a whole bunch of guys on my watch list. I'm just going to rattle these guys off. Uh, starting with Stephen May. Like what I'm hearing out of Melbourne for him. Now, he could be that type that maybe replaces Sam Doherty in your team if, if Doc doesn't get up. He's 384K. I think enough's been said about his season last year. Picked up a whole range of different complaints. Groin, calf, not professional. Obviously loves a can. All of the, all of the things, right? But he's come back early, came back with the young players or the two- to four-year players, did yoga. He's he's looking like he's taking it a little bit more seriously this year, and he does have the potential to score well. He will play a super coach-friendly role, so certainly one to keep an eye on. There's two others that are coming back from injury that are outside of this other bracket I'll talk about in a second. Dylan Robertson and Rory Thompson, both... I mean, Thompson's coming back from an ACL. Robertson, as we know, is coming back from some pretty serious head injuries. So both of them big watches. Rory, I don't think, will be back until maybe mid-season. He's running and kicking, but not in the main group. And Robertson, I haven't got a report here for him, but there's just two guys to keep an eye on because they are pretty well-priced. Uh, we've got a really positive story out of Stephen Hill and Frio. So... Hill only played the three games last year. Again, another Frio story, sort of similar to Blakely. But Hill's full training, he's looking really good. He's only 190K, and if he's there round one, I think it's just one of those ones where you have to pick him and we all cross our fingers and toes that he plays the first six, seven, eight games. And if he does happen to play the first 10, then that is a absolute bonus. Adelaide. So, as I was writing this list down, I realised I was I had like three Adelaide players. So, Rory Laird had a really a, a par season. I don't know what do you call ninety six point eight. I guess for me, who spent I I had him early. I think he was one of my first defenders selected. But at seven at ninety six point eight, not really a great average. He's five twenty five, so he's probably underpriced. But I think. As with the other two on this list in Doty and Malera, and even you can throw Brody Smith in there as well, it's just a huge watch to see how they gel, what they, who's playing in what positions. There's midfield rotations, a whole lot of things. I mean, Laird didn't really get the chance to do what he does too frequently. He seemed to get a bit more attention last year. 
So big watch on those Adelaide guys. They're all value and could all sneak into that sort of D4, D3 spot. Laird could certainly be D2. And that's about it. The other two guys, I don't know why I wrote these names down. Graham Birchall, obviously up at Brisbane. He's 292, so he's probably a little bit expensive at this stage for a guy that has had such a checkered couple of years with injury. But reports are he's going well, could slot into what they're calling the Luke Hodge role. Don't we love that? And the last one is a guy who I said I would never select again, uh, who will most likely be playing in the midfield all preseason for Sydney, which is Callum Mills. He averaged 81.8. He is such a good player, but the problem is he's such a good defender and he is never going to get any midfield time, I don't think. And God forbid he plays every Marsh Series Community JLT Family Cup game in the midfield because I will select him and have to do another podcast directed at Don Longmire after round two. Oh, yeah, I look forward to that. Anyway, that's defence. Not As I said, not talking about any of the rookies, so there's no point. I think the biggest trap for defence to me, just looking at the players and looking at structure, the biggest trap is picking too many players coming back from injury uh, and too many mid-prices. I think you need to pick... I think Lloyd is the obvious choice, and then one of those in that sort of Zach Williams, Hawley, Hearn, Daniel, Stewart, Laird, one of those. And then if you're going to roll the dice maybe one of those guys coming back from injury. I just, as I said, I don't think Doherty... I might actually start without him. The more I talk about it, the more I'm talking myself out of him. And then the rest are going to be made up from from rookies. There are a couple of that's uh, early that have got some pretty good raps, but not going to talk about them yet. Get your D line down. I would be saying... So as I said, I think two... Maybe two primos, two in that sort of 550 plus, and then take your pick of a couple of those other players coming back. Stephen May, yeah, he's another one. The more I talk about it, the more I think he might be worth the selection. Anyway, let me know what you think in the comments. We'll be back. We'll talk midfielders, which may be, yeah, slightly longer. All right, stay safe out there.